Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 203. And wait. Wait. Yo. Rachel, get a shot. What? Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more razor. Strict man, it's a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 203 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty, joined by the new normal via Skype, Hollywood Mark Schwan. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Uh, going stir-crazy, man. Are you? Go nuts. How long have you been inside now? Three weeks now, right? Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I, I think uh, production shut down before everything else like, officially shut down. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been at it a little bit longer than some. As far as this whole quarantine crap, I'm losing my mind, slowly but surely. But that's it's cool, right? You gotta stay positive. That's not saying much. What? You losing your mind? What? Didn't you lose like two two years ago? <laughs> Some may say I've lost my mind, like you know, when I quit banking to become an actor. But that's that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, man? How you holding up? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Start, started cracking under pressure a couple days ago. Uh, Thursday I went back to work after seven days off. Right. So Wednesday I'm like, I was watching all the stuff. I started cracking, started having a little panic attack. Like, oh no, what if? So, well, you said though you were looking forward to doing seven days of nothing. Oh, it's fantastic. What happened? What happened? I did nothing. I caught up on a lot of TV shows. Caught right. Up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Started to crack. You said. No, just hearing all the stuff about. Not because I was in home doing nothing. I was like, oh, I'm probably gonna get sick. Like if I get sick, I might die. Uh, so that kind of the, the dread, the dreary news that I was talking about, that's what got to me. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole bummer. Yeah. Right there. Just a little bit of a downer. <laughs> that's a buzzkill, you know? Yeah, big time buzzkill. <laughs> but I'm all right. You know, I'm battling something. I got a sore throat. I had a scratchy throat the other day. A little stuffed up, a little, nasal, a... little nasal drip. I'm like, oh. I think a lot of that's going on, too. I mean, keep in mind, there's other shit going on. Yeah, it's just like... allergies. That's how I get allergies. It starts. Allergies, flu. So, uh. Corona. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Is coronavirus ever going to go away? Like, or is it just going to be like a flu or something that we get to take a shot for? See, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It, it takes quite some time for a vaccine to actually uh, be made. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't see this ever going away. In reality, I mean, some people's minds, like, you know, they have a cure for it. You just got to take a combination of different things. Oh, that's a whole other story. I'm not, I'm not here to get political. <laughs> you could edit that part out. Oh, please do, Mark. The floor is yours. We have time to kill. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. All right, enough about that. <laughs> enough about that. Are the stores better by your house? Are the is the lines lessening? Did I tell you I went to Stu Leonard's? No. Okay, so when we last talked, right? I went to this. Uh, went to Stop and Shop. I went to Target, and it was it was a mess. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the weekend after we spoke. I went to Stu Leonard's. Okay. And oh my god, it was amazing. Really. Yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking about this because I think then the cat's going to be out of the bag and more people are going to go there. So we can edit this part out as well. Okay. <laughs> Inside tip, okay. Inside tip, right, for uh, for the ones that need to know. Yeah, there's a, but... deli, there's a deli by my job, like one of those hole-in-the-wall delis that I went to yeah. for lunch. 
fully stocked with toilet paper, fully stocked with paper towels. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I went to work and I I wanted to tell like people to be nice. I'm like, no, then it's gonna get out. Then they're gonna have nothing. Then I'm screwed. No, you need to keep some stuff for yourself. Yeah. So like, if you find a gem at this point, you need to hold on to you it. You need yeah. to hold tight to that. <laughs> my precious. Exactly, it's your precious. Uh, uh, well, what have I been doing during this though? I've been learning new things. I've been learning some graphic design stuff. All right, that's cool. Yeah. I've been taking some seminars, some classes. Nice. I've been getting some self-tapes, okay. uh, some practice even for my agent. Uh, so, yeah, I've been learning some stuff. I actually had my first interview with uh, Billy Brash, which will be coming out in the next couple of weeks for a shot of wrestling. Okay, that's cool. How'd that go? Well, really well, I think. The audience will find out in about a week or two. <laughs> Seen any good movies lately? How's this movie thing going on with your wife? So she watched Empire Strikes Back. Okay, good one. That's the best one, in yeah. my opinion. Not a fan. What? Not a fan. She hates Chewie. Who hates Chewie? She hates Chewie. She hates R2-D2. She thinks Luke is a whiny little bitch, which I agree with her about that. Who hates R2-D2? Everyone, he's America's sweetheart. Right. Who hates Chewie? Nobody. Right. Ugh, that's weird. Uh, it was It was very disappointing. Are you going to go to part three, uh, part six, whatever it's called? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we will. She's okay. she's owning up to it. What movie did I see? Uh, I forgot the name of it. It was about that runner, Steve, um, Without Limits, it's called. I think I've heard of it. But, but Steve uh, Prefontaine? Prefontaine? I forgot. Prefontaine, yeah. Prefontaine. It was okay. Kind of cheesy. Okay. So on a Mark Schwann scale of four thumbs, you give it? I give it two and a half. Wow, okay. Like, I found his story to be interesting. It's just, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Donald Sutherland. He was in it. it Really? "Eh." Yeah, I've never been fond of his work. I've never heard that sentence either. I'm learning a lot of new things today. (laughs) Wow, okay. Um, Yeah, that's about it, dude. I feel like my life is boring right now. Is this what it's like to be a normal human being? Yeah, pretty much. Welcome to the club. Not a fan. Oh, fantastic. You get used to it. No. No, no. I have three more work days to get through. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, another seven-day weekend. I'm just counting down the hours, my friend. Counting down the hours. I'm like dying to go back to work. And it's WrestleMania weekend. So I get to sit back, relax, and enjoy WrestleMania if it goes on. Are you really looking forward to WrestleMania right now? Right now? uh... Lots of things have changed. Let's talk more about that, Mark, in the news. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Well, Mark, speaking of WrestleMania, you know, am I excited? I was. But now, what's left? It's being reported that Roman Reigns has pulled out of his match against Goldberg due to health reasons, of course. Talked about it last week. Right. You know, it, it makes sense because, I mean, think about it. His immune system is com- uh, completely compromised. So, yeah, it's not like he was battling cancer originally back in, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago? He just did this right. a year and a half, two years ago. Right. And he told management. Good for him, Good for him making that move, though. That was, his, that was all on him. Yeah, he, told, he was at the Performance Center, actually, and he told him. Yeah. Of course, they did it, no problem. They honored his request. Of course, you have to. I'm sure they were, weren't pleased about it, but I'm sure they also saw it coming, writing on the wall. It was noted that the Miz is sick, 
and the Usos not being happy about performing helped weigh his decision even more. Because if the Miz is sick, you don't want to be around anybody who's sick. Right. So apparently the rumor is going around Braun Strowman replaced him. Not confirmed by anybody, so we'll see how that goes. Now, does Braun Strowman win? That's the thing. I mean, how long is Goldberg signed for? That, I don't know. I was, you assume Roman Reigns would have won. Right. No, I'm assuming, I don't know. Do you keep the belt on Goldberg till SummerSlam then? God. Yeah. Uh, Screw you, the coronavirus. Whole thing, the whole thing is a shit show. And even further than that, Andrade was injured on Raw. He's been pulled from his tag team championship match. Austin Theory replacing him. How that happens, I don't Austin know. Austin Theory is going to be replacing him? That's awesome. But now he has an opportunity at the Raw Tag Team Championships. Good luck to him. WWE will air an angle on Raw this coming Monday to explain it, so keep an eye out for that. Like I just said, the Miz is sick. He didn't wrestle during the tapings for WrestleMania and the post-shows. And now it'll be John Morrison versus one of the Usos in a ladder match of the titles on the line. You can't be the tag titles on a one-on-one match. Wait, really? I thought you were scrapping the match altogether. Last time I checked, it was one-on-one ladder match. It makes That's more, so stupid. It makes more, it, it'll be great to watch. It'll be a great match. But it makes more sense to scrap it all together. They should just scrap it all together. Less matches. I heard also uh, Asuka's injured, so she's getting pulled. Really? Ugh. Buddy Murphy's injured. Oh, I'm sorry. Buddy Murphy's not cleared to appear, air quotes. There's no word on why he has not been cleared. I guess if you put two and two together on that one. But yeah, the, the, who, who's left? At this point, I mean, if Brock Lesnar or, or Drew McIntyre get something, like they should, they just got to scrap it all together. Like it's falling apart. Although you know, I mean, it is. It's already been taped. It's already it's done. Taped. Everything's so. done. Yeah, they're fine, I guess. Well, WWE went ahead with WrestleMania just because one person wanted to. Vince McMahon. Everybody He's else. The only one person. Yeah, everybody else tried to talk him out of it. Wrestlers, the staff, the people backstage. But he wanted WrestleMania to happen in early April, and he wanted to go forward as planned. Well, here's the thing. So there's like the whole the whole rumor about Vince McMahon is a thing about sneezing, right? Yeah. You've heard that rumor? Yeah. So Stephanie McMahon kind of confirmed that rumor to be true. And she says the the reason why Vince McMahon hates sneezing so much is because it's out of his control. He hates things that are out of his control. You think about what's going on right now with the coronavirus and everything. It's out of, it's out of his control. Yeah, this is more than ever, but, yeah. Yeah, right. But God forbid you tell Vince McMahon that. Yeah. Vince McMahon believes he has this on lock, that he can control this, and he's going to fight tooth and nail to make sure WrestleMania happens, and he's doing so right now. And the report also states that Vince McMahon was backstage running all the pre-tape shows, including WrestleMania. He's a crazy old man. Which Crazy old man. He's in the danger zone for this, so many people are surprised. So I don't know, man. This is this is really getting out of, out of control. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't necessarily believe this thing to be as bad as what the news is making it. You know, there are some people like that. If he's I'm not saying that's the case, but... Maybe he's listening to WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump about the, getting updates from him directly, because he doesn't believe it as well, right? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But obviously, no matter what the assumptions are about what Vince McMahon thinks about this or not, either way, we're still getting WrestleMania. It's not the WrestleMania we want, but it's the WrestleMania I guess we're going to get. Yeah, I guess so. We have no choice. You gotta feel bad for the people involved, man. Drew McIntyre missing that WrestleMania moment. Right. Street Profits WrestleMania debut uh, as champions, nonetheless, and they get this. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, yeah. Oh, man, it's crazy. Orlando's mayor issued all residents to stay at home. The order took place, effective at 11 p.m. on Thursday. So W made sure they pre-taped everything they needed to do beforehand. 
No one can leave their house unless they're making trips for work or essential businesses, such as groceries and pharmacies, which is everywhere nowadays. The, yeah. order's, the order's in effect for two weeks, ends on April 9th. So right now, W plans the whole tapings on April 10th. I don't think that's going to happen. Because <laughs> we're we supposed to be locked down for two weeks, and that's going now. We're going out to, what, to May? I don't see them doing this. Now, does this kill the longest Raw streak of uh, being the longest episodic TV show in television history? Well, no, because I think what they would do then is they would play old episodes on there. But then that's they aren't new episodes. They're not, True. They're not episodic. Yeah, you're True. a rerun. That doesn't count. Or maybe... They do stuff via Skype and just... Right, exactly. Because you, do you remember there was like a, uh, it was a few years ago when they had a big snowstorm? Yeah. And they, they ran one. stuff. They didn't cancel Raw per se, but they ran stuff. They canceled from... the show. They did. Um, they replayed the, the Royal Rumble and they did stuff in the headquarters. Yeah, I think right. Dean Ambrose is on the roof. I think at one point. Right. They will probably do stuff like that then. If everyone's locked down, who's going to get to do anything? No one can leave their house. Does everyone? Does everyone live in Florida? I don't think so. Well, everyone's locked down in most of these states. Not most. As, it sp- as it spreads, it's going to get worse. The states that aren't locked down, it's going to get worse there. You mean to tell me that Vince McMahon is not going to find a way? No, Come I think on, he will. I, I think he will. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I he's going to find a way I don't know somehow. Way. If anybody can, it's Vince. He's the smartest man in this business. So I believe he'll have a way, especially with people around him, Triple H. He'll find a way. I just don't know what way that's going to be. Right. Or maybe maybe it does happen. Maybe he caves in. Maybe Raw will not keep on going. Maybe SmackDown will keep on going. It would just be just reruns. Now, if they air like, pay-per-view matches from the past, does that count as a new episode? Because they weren't on Raw, so the new matches too Raw. I don't know. We can I speculate, mean, we can that's, spe- that's, we can speculate all you want. We're going to move on, but we'll find out in the coming weeks. We'll find out in two weeks, actually. April 10th. Uh, Dana Brooke was pulled from the SmackDown Women's Championship match, and uh, she is sick, quarantined at home, as well as Rey Mysterio. This is now spreading to the W locker room. We don't know if they have it, COVID-19. It's just pre, pre uh, precaution. Which I think is probably the reason why Roman Reigns is just like, okay, I'm out. Because yeah. think about it. Rey Mysterio, he was just on Raw like a week before the yeah. before he was quarantined. Yep. You know, so like who else was he in contact with? Is Andrade even really injured? Because he wrestled Andrade during that match. You yeah, know, I mean, like, this is stuff to think about. Why would you cover that up, though? You don't want other wrestlers to panic? Mm. They'll find out. I also found out on Raw, it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Aleister Black at WrestleMania. I feel like that's so random. Why? Turns out Bobby Lashley is not a part of the build because he was in quarantine because he was in South Africa to promote uh, the overseas tour that was canceled. So when he came back to the States, he was in quarantine for two weeks. I knew it was going to happen. When I found out he's in South Africa, I'm like, oh, he's not going to come back. And he came back, but he had to be quarantined. So that's why he wasn't a part of this build. So it leads me to ask, was there a build in mind for this? Right. What would have been, yeah. you know? But, man, this is getting out of control. Unprecedented times. People equate this to after 9-11. I hear a lot of times on the news, what we're going through is what we went through after 9-11. No, it's not. Because after 9-11, we were, we were rebuilding. There's no end 9/11 date. 9-11 was no end date to this. different. Yeah, there's no end date to this. We're not we rebuilding from something. Oh, man, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Because we can... We can you, don't think, you don't think it's ever going to go away? Come on now, Until they dude. find a cure, a uh, vaccine for it. No, I don't. Because we can, we can quarantine ourselves. We can cure ourselves in New York. But the other states are taking this very lackadaisically. And unless everybody in the United States gets it and we get the antibodies for it, I don't. I think we're all in the thing going away anytime soon. I mean, I agree. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. But I, I think, 
well, at least I'm hopeful that it will go away sooner rather than later. Like, I, I don't think it's never going to go away. I don't know. But I don't, it's going to be around for a long time. Dude, I'll legit kill myself if it doesn't go away. Come on now. <laughs> you heard it here first. We got it on tape. Episode 203. I'll do it on the air. How about that? Yeah, that'll be messy. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'll go to legal stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll sign away the rights to it. How about that? I don't want the rights to that. You can have it. I don't want them. Fine. No, no. I'll, I'll sign it right now. No, it's tell, on Instagram, tell, Abel, right? Like, tell, tell Abel. He'll put it on Instagram Live. <laughs> fine. Your pregame or something like that. Oh, my God. This got so dark. What else you got in the news? Uh, Impact. Told you they, were, they pre-taped a bunch of stuff. What? The future holds for them. They released a statement. Saying, and I quote, as a result of the coronavirus outbreak, Impact Wrestling will not be hosting the Against All Odds on April 17th in Toronto and the April 19th Rebellion pay-per-view in New York, April 24th and April 25th TV tapings in Columbus, Ohio. We are monitoring the situation closely and are looking at alternative ways we can produce events. All tickets will be refunded from point of purchase. So it sounds like they're kind of hopeful to, to continue doing shows going forward. So I don't know if they're hopeful this will go away by the end of April. Or are they looking to venues to do an empty studio, much like everybody else is doing? Who knows? Curious to see what they go with. Another news? Shelton Benjamin is the latest W superstar to call on pro wrestling fans to support indie wrestlers during this coronavirus pandemic. He took to Twitter and commented on indie wrestlers who have no revenue coming in as their bookings have been canceled. Saying, and I quote, Amazing Towns not on the W roster are going to have a tough struggle with zero dollars coming in due to the coronavirus. So if you have the means to support your favorite independent wrestler, buy their merch, Support their platforms. Hashtag support indie wrestling. We are all in this together. Very nice. I think that's a that's amazing what Shelton uh, Benjamin did because you know he does have a bigger platform than a lot of indie wrestlers. So you know to, to share that message, and I'm sure people are following suit. Uh, you know it is a tough time. Yeah, because a lot of, there's a lot of indie wrestlers that are out of work. They're trying to find creative ways to make ends meet, and even some of them that have shoot jobs, their shoot jobs are <laughs> laying them off, or they can't even work that. So they literally have no income coming in. Yeah, so buy their merch. Follow them on social media. I'm sure they'll put links and whatever you can do to help them out. Check out Mark Schwann's social media. Let's look at the beautiful Too Good shirt that you're modeling gorgeously. Get in touch. That's for sale, $25. You, you know what pains me about this? I realized something about that with that whole bet that we had with me wearing a Too Good t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So the, the bet was I have to keep that up there for as long as oh, shit. I didn't think about that. title reign is. Wow, that's right. <laughs> So the longer this happens, mm-hmm. the wow. longer the Calvary is. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Great. Fantastic. Some, some good news in these dark times. No, that's horrible news. No, it's, it's too good. You look, it's, a great shirt. it's a great picture. It looked good. It looked too good. But this follows in the heels of Leo Rush, who took to YouTube to send a message to his fans to announce a new campaign he's launching to give back to independent wrestlers. Rush said he would do something, quote-unquote, special for the indie wrestling community during WrestleMania 36 because how many shows were scheduled during that weekend tons oh my god there were tons tons of shows now all of them are canceled rush announced that he will continue his instagram live streams from monday march 30th through april 6th which is the day after wrestlemania he will bring special guests live on his stream any wrestlers referees ring announcers anybody involved in indies at the end of the stream he will link their cash apps their paypals their merchandising pages so it's good to see these big the big league guys giving back to the indies where these guys came from Especially yeah, their rush. Yeah, I think that's incredible. Be- yeah. Because, you know, they know. Uh, I hope, they more, know hope, hope more of them start doing that. No, hopefully. Yeah. 
and, and hopefully even just like the little bit that's going on with, you know, with Shelton Benjamin and Leo Rush, I mean, hopefully that makes some sort of difference as well. You see the names on the roster. Those aren't the two biggest names, though. But those both of guys have any experience. They know probably a lot of indie guys. So hoping they get the word out. Bigger names on the roster will do hopefully. the same thing. Uh, another news, Razor of Authors of Pain suffered an injury during March 9th episode of Raw. I think we talked about that. But now his injury has significantly changed Seth Rollins' new stable. There were speculations of keeping... Which still doesn't have a name, by the way. <laughs> no, it's annoying. There was speculation of W keeping Acom on TV with Murphy. But now, Wrestling Observer reports that right now the decision is to not use Acom, keep him off TV. They don't want him without Razor. This means Seth Rollins' new stable is just him and Murphy, a tag team. And Murphy's not even on for WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. So, so it's just Seth Rollins and his faction, but with no one there. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so it's just two guys. It's a two-man faction. What? Oh, no. That's gimmick infringement. Oh, oh, that's no. gimmick infringement. That, that's, that's why you wanted to bring that up. <laughs> I just thought off the top of my head, actually. That's pretty funny. That's gimmick infringement. I'm going to tell Ace Andrews right now. Oh, please stop. <laughs> uh, another news. Following up on the story, the alleged deal between WWE and ESPN to bring their pay-per-view rights to ESPN Plus is apparently far from happening because they are very far apart on money. WWE wants more money than they are paying for use at UFC. They want more than UFC. Yeah. Wow. Is that fair? Isn't don't they run more pay-per-views than UFC? Don't, don't UFC do like a couple once every other month? I mean, I think here's the thing from ESPN standpoint. You know, they already have a working relationship with UFC which is a legitimate sport in ESPN's eyes and to many sports goers. You shut your mouth. It's still real to me, damn it. No, I'm with you, putty. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think wrestlers are probably the best athletes in the world. I think, you know, what they do is fantastic. It, it takes a lot more endurance and strength than I think most other sports. Oh, but, on. you know, keep in mind, you know, from ESPN's standpoint, you know, a lot of these matches, I mean, these matches are all predetermined. You know, so can you really even call it a sport from their standpoint? And I think with that, that kind of knocks down WWE a few pegs in their eyes. And so why would I pay something that's not technically a real sport more money than mm-hmm. something that is? Well, WrestleMania 30 replay pulled in huge numbers for ESPN. It was the highest rated show on that network. In weeks, maybe they <laughs> well, no sports. Well, what, what are they playing right now? Other than Stephen A. Smith going nuts. <laughs> I don't know. You know, of course, it's going to have great ratings. And this is not a knock on wrestling. It's not a knock on WWE. I'm just thinking of it from ESPN standpoint, from a business standpoint, and what they're probably seeing. But don't you think, is there, I don't know how the audience is, UFC compared to WWE. I figure WWE's audience is bigger. Not necessarily. A UFC's got a tremendous audience, man. Tremendous. But you think ESPN should pay equal what they're paying for UFC or pay less since it's not a real sport? If it were up to me, I mean, I, I'm a huge wrestling fan, and I think they deserve as much as UFC. Absolutely. Doesn't the, e, a, doesn't the E and ESPN stand for entertainment? I actually don't know what the E stands for, to be told. <laughs> I don't necessarily, I don't think so. I think it's entertainment and sports. Pause. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, wow, you're right. Entertainment and sports programming network. Programming network, okay. Yeah, so we say it. So entertainment. What's more entertaining than WWE right now? Oh, right now, nothing. <laughs> exactly, there's nothing else going on. But <laughs> No, but oh, no, I see what you're saying. You know, But what else does ESPN have that's, that's like WWE in that sense? That's just purely entertainment. I'm torn about it. So... 
in one sense, like I agree with you. I, I definitely don't intend on having WWE Network and then paying so many dollars yeah. to get uh, to get a pay per view. So some of which may not even be a good pay per view. Yeah, most of them, right? But then on the other standpoint, if we're thinking from a shot of wrestling, we have our watch parties. I think we'll have more people coming to our watch parties if that's oh, the case. Oh, sure. I didn't think about that part. Yeah. <laughs> In other news, uh, David Meltzer reports Vince McMahon has labeled Punk as the one man I just can't do business with. Nobody at the top level of WWE, including Paul Heyman, has argued against this, and nobody has pushed Vince to sign CM Punk. Punk's agent, Punk's agent tried to open a conversation with WWE, but was turned down. At this time, there's zero interest to bring Punk in. Vince McMahon forgave Bret Hart. He forgave Ultimate Warrior, ultimately brought those both of them back. Do you see him forgiving and bringing back CM Punk somewhere down the line, or he has to wait till he dies and Triple H will bring him back? I think I think Vince McMahon has become more stubborn over the years in his older age. I don't necessarily see CM Punk being brought back in that standpoint because I don't even necessarily know how much CM Punk wants to be a wrestler anymore. I think he said he would if the price is right. If the price is right, yeah. You know, I can. Who knows what WWE would offer him? I think, honestly, if CM Punk were to be in a wrestling ring again, I think it's going to be at AEW. That's my honest opinion. Now, the news, Samoa Joe's 30-day suspension expired. He's now free to come back to the ring. Now, we don't know why he was suspended in the first place. But now, question to you, Mark. Do you bring him in for after Mania shows, or do you hold him off until we're back in front of a live crowd again? I mean, there's a lot of things I would do differently right now. I wouldn't necessarily be holding WrestleMania. I wouldn't be having these shows Mark, going please, right now. I'm asking you a question. Answer my question, Mark. Please don't divert from the question. Would you bring I'm in not you're, you're asking me what I would do. What's Samoa so Joe? It's hard, I'm, I'm hard, it's hard for me to answer your direct question right now because there's a lot of things I've done differently in the first place. But what I would do at this moment right now is, yeah, I would hold off I would hold off on Samoa Joe. Until 2021 when we come back to live arenas. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Because what are you going to do with him right now? Nothing. He's going to interfere in the match at WrestleMania against Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins? And what does that do? That doesn't help out Kevin Owens. Finally, in all the news, former W referee Scott Armstrong revealed on Twitter that his father, W Hall of Famer Bob Armstrong, has turned down cancer treatment. Wow. Saying, and I quote, today my 80-year-old dad, W Hall of Famer Bullet Bob, asked if he could come over to get a workout. He's got bone cancer in his ribs, shoulder, and prostate and chose not to go through any treatment. His choice. I put 30 pounds on the weight and he said... Give me 100 pounds. Hashtag motivation. Now, see, when I came up with my quote, I inspire to inspire. Oh, you're such a dick. This That's is, not your quote. This is just what I had in mind. Like, what an inspiration this man is. He's aspiring to inspire other men. And um, I don't necessarily agree with his choice of not going with treatment, but he's going to live his life, and he's not going to let it stop him. So we, we here wish him the best. You know, treatment does take a lot out of you for cancer. You know, and... and... He's probably thinking he's not going to be living his best life under that cancer treatment. He, he probably like 80, knows. Especially like 80 years old, yeah. At 80 years old, exactly. He probably knows his better years are behind him, and he wants to go out on his own terms. Can't really fault him for that. No. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I agree with it, but I can't fault him for it. I definitely understand where he's coming from. But it ain't stopping him. This man is aspiring to inspire. He absolutely is. All right, Mark. We enjoyed last week part one. Of interview with Ruthless Lala, we learned a lot. Abel's back with part two, correct? He absolutely is, and I can't wait to hear what Ruthless Lala has to say next. Abel, take it away. If you're ready and willing, I'm Abel, and welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. 
If you've not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling No A on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on a Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we say it's time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by the Queen Super Saiyan God, the Queen of Chops, the goddess of destruction, Lala Two Belts, Miss What That Lariat Do for the motherfucking culture. Respectfully, though. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruthless Lala. Welcome to Shot of Wrestling. You know what? I've been introduced sometimes in my day. Well, that was by far the best fucking introduction. I don't think people really understand who Rupert Lala is, let alone who Tanya Harris is. I feel like the reason why a lot of people don't know who I am or why people don't pay attention to me is because I'm very misunderstood. And nobody really knows the true story of Rupert Lala. Well, let's get to know Ruthless Lala, Tanya Harris. Let, let's let's get to know your story because you have gone through a lot. You know, you know, you you exploded into our scene recently, and you know, it seems like you got all your shit put together right now. But there's a lot of years where things weren't going the right way. So why don't you fill us in on some of uh, the hard, hard road to get you to where you are today? Um, I got to the point to where. I was booking for a promotion in Texas. It was, let's be super, super duper honest. Uh, it was TCW, Total Championship Wrestling, in uh, Killeen, Texas. I was the booker. I was the vice president of talent relations, and I was the writer. And when I was given the task, legit, from 2018 up until July of 2019, I had already had the card written up before 2018 finished. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it comes back to this white man sport. You know what I'm saying? Unless, unless you take the, the, the white out of the equation. This is a man's sport. You know what I'm saying? So if you're a woman getting into this business, you know, men already think, oh, you don't know shit about wrestling. You're literally only here for tits and ass and, you know, and fucking and fucking. And, you know, that's literally your job. You know what? You know what? Why don't you go make me a sandwich? You know, that, that male shoving is pig bullshit that I fucking hate with a passion. And so the fact that I was up in the office, the owner would be like, hey, you know, if it's not about money, you go to La La about everything. But the thing is, these dudes didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? Well, well I got to talk to a female and da 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 all this. And so, yeah, it was worse. Wow. Like, I want to call them out so badly. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. I'm not there no more, so it don't matter. But at the end of the day, protocol speaks over personal all day, every day. Mm-hmm. If you can't follow protocol, I don't need you. We could be best friends for 19, 20, 30, 40 fucking years. But when you come to work, you come to work. And that's the thing about it. They couldn't differentiate the difference between personal and business. Mm-hmm. So when I would say, hey, this is what y'all going to do. Well, why we got to do this? And why we got to do this? And why we got to do this? First off, I just told you why. And if you don't like it, I can even take you off the card. And see, that was my thing. It was like, look, at the end of the day, you are not paying us to book you. We're paying you. Right. So less insubordination, more participation. 
but they didn't want to do that. And at that point in time, I was traveling. Like, I left in 2019, February of 2019. I left Texas. I put my mom and my kids in the new house uh, to where they don't have to worry about paying rent until May this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave myself until the end of 2019 to be where I needed to be or I was going to step away and walk away from wrestling and never look at it again. And um, I left. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. Hell, I didn't even know where I was going to stay. I was supposed to stay with my nephew in Georgia, but then him and his wife got into it. So then that was a no-go. On our way literally driving back into Georgia, I have no idea where I'm going to stay. And so shout out to my sister, Mika Villa. She was like, hey, come up to my job, and uh, I got you. And uh, her couch was by far one of the most comfortable couches ever. And so, <laughs> you know, so still I, I had no plan of what I was going to do and how I was going to introduce myself to the Georgia wrestling scene because I've only been introduced to the Georgia wrestling scene once. And that was October 21st, 2018, when I made my debut at Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, Atlanta, Georgia, against former WWE superstar uh, Zeta Zay, well, NXT. And so I got there, and Mika is actually a commentator. Like, she's a female that actually knows her rest, and it's always good to be around her because we'll start getting into, like, these nice conversations. And it's just dope. It's dope being around females that know their shit when it comes to wrestling. It makes me, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. And um, so I started traveling with her to wrestling shows in the Georgia area. And we would get there early. And when we got there early, you know, I would go and I would help out. And as if I can help out in any kind of way, and I would introduce myself, I made sure I walked in and I shook everybody's hand. I never brought my gear in, you know, but I always had my gear with me. Because, you know, the rule of wrestling is you always take your gear, no matter where right. you go. Why? Because Cardiff always tells you to change, you know what I mean? And, hey, you know, you didn't have an opportunity. You turned it to you have an opportunity. So, um... I would just go to the wrestling shows. I would show up, and I would ask if they need help. And I would help out any way I could. And uh, sure enough, I finally ended up wrestling for Action Wrestling. I went up against Danny Jordan. It was at the St. Patty's Parade Festival. It was at a big old park. Okay. You know what I mean? And um, I had a blast. That's actually where I the first time. Nope, that was the second time I met Marco Stunt. And uh, they said that they loved me. You know, and I was like, is that what you wanted? They were like, yeah, thank you, cool. And uh, I had talked to Danny. I was like, hey, was that cool? He's like, yeah, everything's good. And honestly, I was never asked back, which really sucks, you know. And I don't think promoters truly understand what that does to a wrestler when you say you enjoy them and, you know, oh, yeah, like everything's great. And then they go to try to get more bookings with you and you kind of don't talk to them or, you know what I'm saying, you don't reach out to them and say, hey, you know what I mean? That kind of got me really bummed out because – if you ask me how many places I've wrestled in Georgia, I've maybe wrestled five promotions in Georgia. At that time, it did bother me. Now, I can give a fuck less. Like, fuck them. Like, if they don't want to book me, that's fine. And I don't mean that being disrespectful, but it really is what it is. You know what I mean? If you don't want to book somebody, just so you don't want to book them. Hey, you know what? I, I like your style, but for right now, I have nothing for what your style is. You know what I'm saying? All it takes is communication. That's the biggest thing that happens in wrestling is miscommunication. And so um, I did an interview in Georgia and they were like, you know, we need you everywhere in Georgia. Like, I think it was a uh, Larry Goodman, uh, I believe. And he was like, we need you everywhere. He was like, I went and I asked, you know, promoters why, why they're not using you. And 
their words were legitimately because the females, it's, it's hard to find a female to work her because they said she's rough. And like when I heard that, I literally flipped my shit. I'm not going to lie to you. I flipped it. So I was like, you ain't seen nobody pop up. Oh, I'm in the hospital. Thanks for this lie for being unsafe and killing mm-hmm. me. Oh, I'm in the hospital. Or, oh, I have to retire from wrestling now because of Ruthless Lala. Or, oh, hey, Ruthless Lala hurt me. Oh, Ruthless Lala broke my ankle. Oh, Ruthless Lala did this. I haven't done none of those things. But yet, anytime I'm in the Georgia area, I have women constantly saying, oh, I want to work you. I want to work you. So what really is the problem? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, literally, when I heard that, I'm not going to lie, I cried for, like, the next five days. Like, I was bummed. My depression had kicked in. My anxiety had kicked in. Because it's like, I don't think people truthfully understand that I left my mom and my kids in Texas. I sacrificed not seeing them to come and try to get to that next level to where my family is financially taken care of. You get what I'm saying? Right. I don't come in to stroke my dick. I don't come in to be a bully. I don't come in to try to throw my weight around. I just want to work. I want to work. I want to learn. I want to be better than what I was the day before. And instead of giving that opportunity, I just get shunned away. Like I ain't shit. And it sucked. It made me like, you gotta excuse me. Cause like I, anytime I get to talk about this, like I get really emotional because it, it made me feel like I'm a shit worker. It made me feel like I'm not a good wrestler. I mean, we've talked about it early on in your career being told that people don't want to work you because you're stiff and it's, it's wrestling. It's not ballet. And to go a few years, years down the line and still have that be something that people are talking about. It's, it's like, tough. oh, shit. So now we're back yeah. to this shit. Right. right. You know, it's like, damn, now we're back to the same shit. I remember I called my best friend and I was like, I'm just going to quit. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I ain't shit. And he's like, you shut your ass up. I was like, I'm, but it's true. I was like, you know, people tell me how great I am. And yet when it comes to me wrestling a lot of places, I'm not there. Mm. Like, you know, and it's just, it was even to the point to where <clears throat> even Aja got tired of hearing, you know, because like I would call her and I would just cry. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, what am I doing wrong, sis? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You know, even like Faye Jackson. I love Faye Jackson. Mm-hmm. The thing that people don't know about me and Faye Jackson is, is that we're legit related. Like we're shoot related. We oh, yeah? just don't know how related we are. Yeah. So I would call her and be like, sis, I need you to be honest with me. And she'd be like, okay, am I trash? She's like, no, why would you say that? I was like, I'm not getting out there more. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm hitting them up. I done sent a resume to every promotion in the United States and outside of the United States, damn near. And I get left on red. And I'm just like, maybe I just need to quit. And I remember my trainer being like, no, you just got to keep pushing. And then my little brother, uh, shout out to Joe Black. I love him to death. I remember he told me, he was like, if people can't respect you for the work they're doing or if you're in a promotion and they want to downgrade your character, fuck them and move on. He's like, don't let nobody degrade who you are as a wrestler, who you are as a person, who you are as a character. And um, I started living by those words. And my brother was like, just stop giving a fuck and just do you. Either people are going to respect it or they're not. And if they don't, fuck them. Yeah. And that's where I started to get to. And um, it was still really hard because, like, I battled skin cancer for 10 years. And October of 2018, I finally beat it. That's awesome. But it was awesome, but it was worse because then I beat cancer only to find out that I had this skin disease called HS, Hydronitis Supportiva, which is my lymph nodes and my glands are stuck. That is the best way to put it. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a chemical imbalance. So, like, 
I love going to the gym. I love getting in the ring, working out, doing stuff. That's the shit that I live for. Like, this is my life. I love it. But when I get inflamed and the inflammation gets caused from stress and wear and tear, you know what I mean? Like, I have to watch what I eat. And even in me watching what I eat, it's still, you know what I'm saying, it still gets worse. Everything got so bad for me. The only the only last resort now is surgery. But when I went home to go see my family and I went out and saw my doctor, they were like, not even surgery would help. Oh, fuck. So pretty much I'm stuck with this for the rest of my life. I have to take medication for the rest of my life. I have to go through these inflammation moments and be hospitalized, and you know, which is the worst. I've almost died three times in my life as far as when it comes to this skin disease and when it comes to the skin cancer that I had. Like, those are the most scariest shit that I've ever had to deal with to know that I almost left this world and left my mom and my kids behind scares me. Mm-hmm. But I've still been pushing. I've had people around me to make sure that I stay on the path. And those people are the best people that I could have ever been blessed enough to have in my life. Because I, I believe if I didn't have them in my life now, I would be dead. We wouldn't be having this podcast because... I'd have killed myself. And that's the realest that I can ever be because, like, I, I battle with suicide. I battle with suicidal thoughts. Like, I battle with waking up every day not feeling good enough and not feeling like I'm worth this life, not feeling like I'm worth this breath, you know? And that sucks to feel that way. It, 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 it's not a good feeling. And to have Mike Hobbs and Kate and Faye to be there for me and to help me to get through all of this and to make sure that I get back where I need to get to and it kind of kick me in my ass and I start feeling like, you know, I'm not good or whatever. It's amazing to have Kong, you know, to, to have her as a big sis to be there for me, you know, and I can vent for her and tell her about the things that I have going on and she helps me out. Those things are amazing. Like, I've been truthfully blessed to have people in my life now that give a fuck about my well-being and that lift me up even when I can't lift my own stuff up. So those things are secretly great. And oh my God, I totally got off course. And I like totally forgot where I was going with this. Um, but with the promotion that I was running there in Texas that I was helping with, mm-hmm. it got to the point where nobody wanted to nobody wanted to listen to me because I was female. And once they disrespected me and I hit them back with the same disrespect, then I was a person in the wrong, you know? And then I ended up getting wind that you know, the owner is going around trying to figure out what they're going to do about getting getting a new booker because they need somebody, you know, who's just for that company and that company alone. So it's like, wait, so just fuck my hope and dream? You know what I'm saying? I was traveling, yet I still made sure your cards were set. I still made sure the match banners was, was out. I still made sure that everything was taken care of. And it just got bad. It just got bad. And then when I found out the trash that was being said about me, I, I told him, I said, you know what? I'm going to send you your belt, and I'm done. It's good to see how you feel about me. And it sucked because we were supposed to have been friends, like, for a long time. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I know how you feel about me. So I'm going to send you this, and you find another booker. You find all this other stuff because I don't have time for it. Like, it was literally to the point to where I was losing sleep, making sure everything was right where it needed to be. And yet making sure that I packed all my gear so I can get on the road. And you wasn't appreciating that at all. It's heartbreaking to have somebody who was supposed to have been a friend to you. And yet, you know, they couldn't just be a man and come to you and talk to you straight up and say, hey, 
are you okay still doing this? Do you need some time off? This is how I feel about certain stuff. What do you think about it? No. Instead, you wanted to go and talk trash about me and not just have my back. And so I walked away from that company. And it hurt because it's like, you know, that company was there for me. And, you know, they booked me when other companies in Texas wouldn't. But just because you book me when other companies in Texas wouldn't doesn't give you the right to just treat me like anything. Or to feel like that because you booked me when other companies wouldn't, that I have this undivine devotion to you to just drop what I'm doing, drop trying to progress in my career and just do everything for you. That's not what that means at all. And um, at this point in time, I was in Georgia and I was bummed out and I ended up meeting my ex-gear maker at that time. And um, she helped me get to my first match in North Carolina, which was against Savannah Evans. And then uh, after that, she was like, hey, you know, if you ever need to make bookings or anything of that sort, you know, you just take my car to make your bookings. You know, you'll never miss no more of your bookings and everything. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, I'm, I told her how I was going to learn how to make gear. And she was like, okay. She was like, well, I'll teach how to make gear. And Mind you, at the time, I was still staying at my sister's, you know, Mika's. And she's like, well, why don't you just, you know, just come and stay here? So, mind you, I had somewhere to stay. Okay. And you're like, well, you know, why don't you just come and just stay here with us? You know, and really love having you around and all this stuff and everything. And, you know, and so far, so good. Everything was going great. Then it was to the point to where it's like, hey, you know, if you could bring in more clients, you know what I'm saying? That would be great. And all this stuff and everything. Cool. You know, we had an agreement on some on stuff. And when it came time to it, she got overwhelmed. And instead of her just communicating that she had got overwhelmed, she tried to pretend like nothing was going on, even though we saw it. And it got to the point to where people needed their gear, but you're taking your sweet time. But then yet certain wrestlers can just come in to your shop and you will stop whatever you're doing. And you'll make their gear in two, in, in two days, max. But mm. all these other people who needed their gear, you're just sitting on. And then the people would send in the money for you to get the materials and all these things that, that you're telling them, but instead you spend it on food or go on Amazon and start buying unnecessary shit. And so it got to the point to where I told her, you have to get your head out of your ass. And she was like, you know, I need friends like you to tell me to get my head out of my ass. I was like, well, I'm going to tell you from now on. You know, and she's like, I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally okay with that. And I had witnesses. And legitimately, I would get on her and tell her, look, we got to knock this out. And she's the kind of person that she'd be like, well, when she wakes up, she it, it takes her an hour to get her brain together. Not me. If I have shit that I have to knock out, I'm going to knock it out mm-hmm. right in there. But yet at the same time, there was only a certain level of how I knew to make gear. So I literally learned all the stuff that I know now off of watching them work. And I guess I, I don't I can't really tell you what transpired with her because we never had the conversation because when we sat down to talk because I took, cause like she started acting really weird and I was like, we have to talk. And we sat down and right off the bat, she accused me of just taking her car, just getting her keys and taking her car whenever I wanted. She accused me of trying to, she said that I wasn't a team player anymore. I just became selfish and that I was screwing her over. And I told her, I was like, first off, I'm going to stop you because let's call a spade a spade. I'm an African-American woman. You're white. So if I just take your keys without asking you and I just get in your car and I just drive around, what's going to happen? I'm going to get stopped by the law because you're going to report your car stolen. Yeah. So you can't sit up here and say that I just take your car whenever I want to. You said I could take your car. Yeah, well, I said that before I knew how many miles you was going to put on it. What did you actually think professional wrestling was? 
is traveling. After she accused me of all that stuff and everything and, and was like, well, you always bad-mouthing me. I was like, how am I bad-mouthing you? You keep telling me to get my head out of my ass. How is that me bad-mouthing you? That's me telling you to get your head out of your ass so we can get this shit situated and get this stuff done. You're literally sitting on stacks of money that you can knock out, but you're taking your sweet time. And um, long story short, she ended up letting everybody else know how she felt about me, oh. but not telling me how she felt about me. And um, when I felt those energies and how she treated me, I was like, that's fine. Because like, I, had a, I, had a, I had a company hit me up in Alabama. I was like, hey, you know, are you available today? And I was like, yeah. And I went and asked her if I could use her car. And she just looked at me and then went and looked back at the TV. Totally ignored me. Once that happened, I was done. I literally started packing my stuff and everything. And I was going to literally go and live under a bridge and say, fuck it. And um, somebody who I thought was a friend at that time hit me up and was like, hey, don't go nowhere. I'm going to come and get you. Mm-hmm. Because one, I think what made everything start going worse was the guy that I was dating at the time. We were dating, and when I was still the booker of the company, Colleen, you know, he was like, as professionals, there's a line that we can't cross, even though we'd already crossed that line. You know, if you're going to have us come in and help you with the company and help you build it up, there's a line that we can't cross as professionals, and that's a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love wrestling. Wrestling's my life. And so I picked wrestling over, you know, my relationship because I wanted that company to be at the higher upper echelon that it needed to be because it has potential. It had mad potential. He literally had to get his head out of his ass. And during the WrestleMania weekend when they was in New Jersey, I ended up finding out that he screwed me over. He screwed me over, treated me like shit, only to find out that there was another chick that he was talking to. No way. And he didn't let this chick know what it was. So she's thinking that I'm trying to get with him. So she done went around in the locker room asking people if we're fucking. And I go to meet her, and she's like, mm, hi. It was just the worst, like legit. And she tried to shoot on me in the ring during our match. I stay professional. You know, that, that trying to shoot died down really quickly because, in the words of Victoria, I am not the lady to mess with. <laughs> and, I, and I let that be known real quickly. So after the match, you know, Pulled him to the side and we had a conversation. I was like, what's that? You know, and he had apologized and was like, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, I should have told you and all this and everything. He apologized only for like 15 minutes later after he apologized. He's feeding this chick right in front of me. So literally all of that triggered my depression and my anxiety to where it literally made me feel like that I was never good enough. Mm -hmm. I would never be good enough for anybody. And that Maybe I'm just better off if I was dead, you know, and it was the worst. I couldn't make gear for like three weeks. All I could do was just lay down and cry. And when I was in that darkness and I felt like I wasn't going to get pulled out of it, my best friend, Mike Cobb, came out of nowhere and like smashed my ass up. Like he, he didn't like, he didn't like put, put his hand down and like take my hand. He literally snatched me the fuck up. You know how like parents would tell your kids you can't have these Skittles? Yeah. And the kids go grab the skills and the parents will smash their ass up. That's my cop. <laughs> That's my cop right there. And um, all that happened. And in everything that was transpiring, Mike was there. And so when the person who I thought was an associate of mine, like, hey, I'm going to come get you and everything and all that, I want to stay with them. It was like, yo, you can stay here. And I was like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
gonna try to still, you know, maybe I can call Mika and get Mika to come get me, you know, and I can just go back and stay with Mika, you know, because Mika was like, look, this is always your home, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, cool, I got you. Long story short, they couldn't kick their drug habit, you know what I'm saying? Mm. They couldn't kick, they couldn't kick their meth addiction, they couldn't kick, you know, their demon, and mm-hmm. they left me stranded in Tennessee. Like we were all going to the wrestling show, got there, I got all my stuff out, they said what they said to, to the booker, and they left, and left me there. So my best friend, who stays in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee to be exact, mm-hmm. had to drive me from Tullahoma, Tennessee, all the way back to Dalton, Georgia, and then drive all the way back to Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, my cop is by far the best friend that I've ever had. He is the best and best friend that I've ever had. And I don't care if anybody gets upset or they hear this and they're like, well, I thought I was your best friend. You are. But my cop is by far my number one best friend ever because he has mm-hmm. had my back. Even when I didn't want him to have my back, he has picked me up when I didn't, when I couldn't pick my own stuff up. And he's always made sure that I stayed the path and I stayed the course no matter what. This is a struggle. It's a a mad struggle. Because everybody thinks of wrestling and wrestlers like the glitz, the glamour, the fame. But there's a lot of shit you guys go through to get to that point. Because this is a story that it's happened to you, but I've heard it from other people. You know, the couch hopping, you know, doing what you can to get your name out, to get the right kind of respect on your name. To not be overlooked because you know you're a fucking good worker. Yeah, like mad sacrifices, man. Like it, it, it hurts because like my kids are going through some stuff right now as well. You know, the last time I went home, I was able to you know spend time with them for a while, and my son has major, major depression and anxiety disorder. My daughter does, and to just hear the things that he thinks about, and it's like the same things that I think about. It hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, but. We're getting them on the right path. Everything is working out really good. Uh, you know, it's baby steps, slowly but surely. It's, man, it's just been, like, hard. Everybody always knows me as this happy, outgoing, just happy person that's always smiling, but not understanding or realizing that I'm crying on the inside. Like, I haven't felt like myself in a long time. And, like... In this moment today, this- are you still crying on the inside? Yes. Really? If anybody asks, where's my mind state? My mind state, I am 50 shades of fucked up, no Christian gray. I haven't felt like myself in a very long time. And to still have people like Mike and Kate and Sage and the list can go on and Faye and Aja around me to help me, like, I tell, and, and Kong, like, I tell them all the time, thank you. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, no problem. I'm like, I don't think y'all truthfully understand that when I say thank you, like, this is what, like, Y'all have kept me out of a major dark place. And even when I got in a dark place, I don't even know, but y'all pulled me out of it. You know, I can count my circle on one hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And um, I went back to Texas here recently. And uh, there was a promoter was like, hey, it's good to see that you're back uh, for a little bit of time. I was wondering if uh, I could book you while you're still in town. Uh, and I was like, sure, I'm down. And he's like, send me your rate, send my rate. And after sending my rate, he's going to send it back to me. Well, I'll only pay you 20 bucks because I feel like that's what you're worth. What? Then why, the, then why the fuck would you hit me up? Oh, my God. That's not an offer. That's an insult. Right. And uh, and I didn't wrestle at all when I went back to Texas. I only went to one wrestling show. And nobody knew I was coming, which was the greatest thing ever. And uh, when I just showed up and I just walked in, and I was like, holy fuck. 
am I looking at a ghost right now? <laughs> and like, I didn't really think that I would get such a warm welcoming because I've been treated, <sighs> I've been through some shit in Texas. That's one of the reasons why I left. And so I didn't think that I would get that warm welcoming. And to get that warm welcoming from, you know, the boys, it was very amazing. And I had a couple of people pull me to the side and be like, you know, I hate you're not here no more. It sucks that Texas didn't appreciate the gym that they had in you and you had to leave. And we were beyond proud of you. And that made me so happy. Like, I kept it together while I was there, but when I got home, I cried. Because that made me feel like I was worth it. Well, Lala, uh, you coming into our area, we definitely see value in you. We definitely appreciate your work in ring and, you know, wrestling is filled with a lot of characters and you're definitely one who invests in who she is character wise and also in ring work wise, which is awesome. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for showing our area what maybe Texas didn't know they had. Man, I, I, I appreciate y'all welcoming me. Like it's, there's really no words of expression or appreciation that I can express of how grateful I am to be a part of BCW, um, WSU, and more companies coming up, you know, because that was the thing about it in Texas is, like, I would constantly get told that, you know, hey, I appreciate your work and I appreciate your work. But then when it came time for me to wrestle names, I could never wrestle names. You know, they would always just bring names in to work names instead of the local talent working the names. And so the fact that I'm here at BCW and I'm here at WSU and they're like, hey, we appreciate you. But they don't only just say they appreciate me. They show me how much they appreciate me, mm-hmm. you know. So I've literally been having by far the best time ever. And it's been ever so real. And, like, I, like, remember calling Mike and being like, yo, guess what happened? What? <laughs> I put a bitch through a door. <laughs> and he'd be like, what? I put a bitch through a door, Mike. I did it. Be like, what is wrong with you? Going back to my like, the reason why I embrace Miss What That Larry do so much is because he helped me so much with it. Like, nothing is better than having a best friend and a tag partner that is there to help you better your craft and vice versa. And that's all we did. Like, I helped him better his craft. He helped me better my craft. And he'd be like, hey, how about you throw that Larry from any and all type of angles? And I'd be like, you're right. And we'll work on it. And so the fact that I am miss what that Larry do and I can hit you from any angles with it. Like it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have him constantly cussing me out. You know what I'm saying? This wrestling journey of 17 years have been the best, the worst, the most emotional, the most greatest. And it's like, finally, which I can finally say it now, you know, I can say that I finally had my first tryout, which was AEW breaking news. All right, so how did that go? Nerve wracking. When when was when was this? Where was this? How did it happen? Uh, it was in Nashville. When it was in Nashville, Tennessee, it was in November, and uh, I remember I I called like I hit up Kong and I was like, hey sis, I was like, uh, do you know who I would talk to about you know getting there early to set up the ring? And uh, she was like, would you just rather work out? I was like, I mean, yeah, but, you know, hey, I wasn't trying to go that far. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to, like, you know, like, <laughs> dip my, you know, dip my pinky toe in the water. You know, just, you know, like, lay a foundation. Hey, you know, I'm here to help any way I can. Yeah. If I need me for anything else, that's what I'm here for. And uh, she was like, hey, you know, like, send me a promo pick of you. 
send me any gifts that you have. I'm like, I'm literally in the process of texting Kenny Omega as we speak. And I, my eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. I was like, holy fuck. I said, okay, so I'm like going through my phone. Good promo picture, good promo picture, good promo picture, good promo. Nope, good promo picture, good promo picture, good promo picture. Nope, good promo picture, good promo picture, good promo Found it. Fuck, shit, I finally found this motherfucker. Woo, okay, I'm gonna send this. Bam, let's see. Good gifts, good gifts, good gifts. Nope, good gifts, good gifts, good gifts. That's trash, good gifts, good gifts. Okay, I think I found a good one. Woo, okay, send it to us. Bam, there you go, sis. And um, she ended up hitting me up. And was like, he loves your look. And I was like, oh! like, <laughs> I fangirled so hard. <laughs> like, and it was great. It was great that she texted me because, like, you just literally hear me just. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> because, like, here's the thing, though. Like, you have to understand, like, everybody in AEW, I've watched. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. I'm a huge fan of Dustin Rose. I'm a huge fan of the Young Bucks. I'm a majorly huge fan of the Lucha Bros because those are like my bro bros. Like, uh, like real quick, which somebody may, people may not know, um, when I was still, when I almost died, when I was dealing with my skin cancer, mm -hmm. I was, I got rushed to the hospital because I get to the point to where like, I get really tired. When, when, when I'm constantly taking medicine and I feel like it's not working, I just say fuck it and I just lay in bed. And little did I know that if I would have stayed in bed for like another day, I'd have died. Real? What? And like, I was literally getting to the point to where I was supposed to go to a show where Pentagon Jr. was on. Mm -hmm. Like, I was going to be on the same car with him and everything. And I was in the hospital. And that was the third time I was supposed to see Pentagon. <laughs> and I didn't. Because I'm a huge fan of Pentagon and Phoenix. So, mm -hmm. my friends in the real Grand Valley. This is what I was saying in the real Grand Valley at this time. Um, legitimately asked him to send me a get well soon. And it's on my Instagram, uh, at straight ruthless one, S T R the number eight R U T H L E S S number one. And, uh, it was all in Spanish and I had somebody translate it for me and it was like, pretty much what he said is, you know, I want to give a special shout out to Ruthless Allah get well soon on break your arm. I said, that is by far the most <laughs> nicest thing you could ever say to somebody. And uh, so I finally got out of the hospital, like after almost a month, I finally got out of the hospital and um, started feeling better. And like after two weeks of me out of the hospital, I went and uh, I did the Phoenix seminar. It was supposed to be the Phoenix and Pentagon seminar, but he had problems with his passport, so he couldn't come. So it was just Phoenix. So it was Phoenix and Oriental. Uh, Oriental is like this dope-ass luchador. Like, he cool as shit. So little did I know that, and that's when I was staying in the Rio Grande Valley. I was part of a wrestling revolution uh, in McAllen, Texas. And so little did I know, Oriental and Phoenix didn't think that, you know, we knew our shit. So they, like, threw advanced lucha at us. And when I mean advanced lucha, my guy, I mean advanced lucha. Like, mm. I never wanted to learn Lucha, and I, like, I'm going to tell you why. Because the Lucha shows that I would do, it would be a bunch of luchadors in the back, snorting cocaine and drinking beer. Mm. And when they go out there, it was just the worst. And I was like, I don't think I want this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to learn That's lucha. the first impression. I was, in, I, was, I was always in a bad Lucha locker room. <laughs> like, I don't want to learn Lucha. And so it was so funny because then, like, after we learned it, Phoenix was like, how many people 
didn't want to learn lucha until just now. And everybody raised their hand like, ding, 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 tell us what we won. Like, legit. And um, after that, they had asked me, because uh, I, I was still, you know, two weeks out of the hospital. And uh, the company there wanted to help me with bills and everything. So Pentagon raffled off one of his masks and all the proceeds went to me. Oh, wow. On top of that, I was a uh, Phoenix manager for that night when he went up against Pentagon for the uh, Pedro Del Mas uh, title. That's dope. And that's why that's why if you go on my Instagram, you will see, uh, like, it's, it's not cropped. Like, I promise you it's not Photoshopped, but you would literally see me and Pentagon face-to-face. Like, because I was, I was managing his brother, Phoenix, and uh, mm-hmm. he was beating him up, beating him up, beating him up, and, like, I had, uh, I was like, you know, bro, fight back. And then, like, he just turned and he looked at me. And I was like, oh, shit. So I had, like, that, have you seen the movie Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how, like, he has those moments where he analyzes everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. bullshit. That's exactly what happened with me. <laughs> so when I told, I was like, Phoenix, get up, fight back, bro. Like, Pentagon turned around, he looked at me, and I was like, oh, shit. So I analyzed. I was like, all right, so two things can happen. Yeah. I can run away, and I can never be called Ruby Lala ever again in my life. Or I can stand my ground and more than likely get kicked in the face. Fuck it. Let's get kicked in the face. You know, and he like, you know, and he, he got in my face. I was like, I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. So he pushed me. And when he pushed me, I turned my head and I thought that when I was going to turn my head back, he was going to kick the shit out of me. And nope. I turned back around and he was like, Seattle, Nero. And so like the ruthless in me on the outside is like, I ain't scared of you. But the Tanya in me on the inside was like, oh my God, like, I've seen this on Lucha oh, Underground. Yeah. And so now that I've... This is me. I'm the person in the Federal Medal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool, though. I'm cool, though. And from there to now, that's my familia. Like, mm. Ray and Pentagon. Like, I love you guys to death. And so hopefully I'll get to see them here sometime soon. But, um, man, see, we have too much fun. We got, like, way off track. So she told me, hey. So she called me. Two, like two hours later and was like hey I was like hey she's like so I got you a tryout I said I'm sorry what <laughs> and she was like I got you a tryout and I was like with who <laughs> I think you could say that was the day that Rufus all I was in shock for a while and she was like yeah you know uh, so I got you a tryout she's like um send me a resume everything um I'm still trying to get the logistics of how this goes because we usually don't do this yeah and uh and uh, I told her, I was like, when are you getting in? She's like, I'll be there a day early. I was like, well, I'm like two hours away. I was like, so if anything, I'll probably see if I can go crash with my nephew. I'm going to be in the area. She's like, or you can just come and just stay at the hotel with me. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. And I was like, well, cool. So I got there a day early. I got with her, caught up with her. And uh, that morning, we woke up about five that morning. Went and worked out in the gym that was in the uh, hotel. Mm-hmm. And... um we got there and so we worked out and she's like, Hey, I need you to be dressed. You know, I need you to get dressed here. I need you to get like full geared up mm-hmm. at the hotel. So I got fully geared up. Boom, bam. We in there like swimwear, fucking up all the church's money. Bam. We in there. Cool. Let's do this. And, uh, get there, have a blast. Was able to do some stuff with Nyla Rose, which she's a sweetheart, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to, Roll around with Dustin Rhodes, which, oh my Wild. fucking God. Oh my gosh, really? Sweet fucking Jesus. 
like legitimately. Like I was able to roll around with him and um, I was actually able to get in and, you know, Brandy was also in there with the workout. It was me, Brandy Rose, uh, Ariel Monroe, Chris Satlander, uh, Shalonda Royal, Britt Baker, Aubrey, the, the, the referee, mm-hmm. she was a sweetheart as well. It was a nice workout, <laughs> you know, and like we learned a lot of things. And I remember I went to Dustin and I was like, you know, I was like, I don't mean to bother you. I was like, but is there anything that I can improve better? Like he was like, just transition. He's like, you know, don't try to be fancy if you can't make a smooth transition. You know, just keep it simple. You know what I mean? Unless you can do it without ease. You know what I mean? And I was like, I totally understand. And then I met Billy Gunn, which was awesome. I love Billy. Then, then I met Dean Malenko, which I almost pissed my pants. <laughs> um, met Chris Jericho. That dude was fucking awesome as shit. And then I finally met Kenny Omega. And I fucking flipped my shit. How do you mean you flip your shit? <laughs> like on the inside or like on the outside too? No, I kept a gangster. Okay, okay. I kept a gangster because um, he met me. He's like, hey, how you doing? He's like, I love your look. And I was like, thank you so much. And it took everything in me not to cry like a little bitch. I swear to you, it was. <laughs> but I was like, this is, dude, this is fucking, this is Kenny Omega. This is the cleaner telling me that he likes my look. Yeah. Like, this is a fucking dope, you know? And um, I was able to catch up with Sammy Guevara and Marco and Jake Haggard because these are all guys that I know, mm-hmm. you know, who I know very well. And so when they saw me there, they were like, oh, Lala? <laughs> I was like, what up, bro? They was like, holy shit. They were like, please tell me they didn't find you. I was like, no. They were like, do they know what kind of treasure they're getting when they sign you? I said, Facts. nope, but feel free to tell them. <laughs> you know, and... um he just like shot shit, had a great time, hung out after, you know, and uh, that experience in itself was just amazing. And I had by far a great time. I was able to like catch up with Christopher Daniels and Frank Azarian because like I met them in Mesquite, Texas at the Yellow Rose, the Von Air Yellow Rose that they had. I was talking to Chris and he's like, why do you look familiar? I was like, it was the Yellow Rose in Mesquite, Texas. He said, oh shit. I said, yeah. He's like, well, it, 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 it was really cool. That in itself was amazing, even though I was super hard on myself. And I thought that I failed. Like, I thought I, I may have made Kong look bad. Because I never had a wrestling tryout. Okay. Like, here's another ruthless fact about mm. Ruthless Lala. Ruthless Lala has never had a wrestling tryout. The reason Ruthless Lala has never had a wrestling tryout is because when I asked people, hey, who would I talk to? Can you point me in the direction? Not asking for a handout. Never ask for a handout. Just, hey, can you point me in a direction? who I'm talking to send my resume and get this information about a tryout. Everybody acts like they were just plump retarded. But yet they popped up on said tryout. Afraid and, of the competition. Right. And it's like, there's no reason why I've been in it for 17 years that I've just now had a tryout at certain times. It makes me feel embarrassed. Yeah, no, I get you, man. But I've always said this to everybody. Everybody has their own journey, you know? Right. And I try not to compare what my journey is to someone else because then I'll be like, well, how did that person get so far and why am I still doing this? And, you know, because once it happens, once you get that call to do what you wanted to do to fulfill your dreams, your journey is going to be something that you're going to respect and you're going to be like, it was all worth it. You know, even though at the moment when you're like fucking 17 years, man, 17 years, you know, it's not worth it right now, but you ended up, 2019 
with a bang with WSU as the women's tag team champions. You killed it at BCW Queen of the North. Now this tryout that you're telling us about, I feel like a lot of things are changing and I'm very happy uh, for everything that you shared with us. You know, we asked you earlier, you know, no one knows who Ruth Lasala is. And I think after this, everybody is going to get to know who you are. From my years, there's still more, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like there's still more, you know, so it's like, Dude, we could start a series. Me and you could start a Hell series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start from A to fucking Z. <laughs> but I gotta be honest, I from if you would have asked me before we started our conversation who you were, I would have probably had a different picture of what it was. Uh because you are someone who is very open with everybody. Uh you're very warm, you're very caring. Uh you leave your heart open. Uh and I think Early in your years, you ha- it feels like you had a lot of quote-unquote friends because you were so open to them. It sounds like you're a generally nice person. But throughout the years, you started realizing that, you know, not everybody was your friend, you know. And, that part. And now maybe you have less of those quote-unquote friends, but the quality of people that you're surrounding yourself around are the Right I people. wouldn't change them for nothing. Like, it's, I, the stars are finally aligned, and I have the exact right people that I need in my life to help me on this journey that I'm about to embark yeah. on. So it's by far amazing. And you're positive, and I love that about you. That's... I wasn't always this way, <laughs> Oh, well, we've learned. I always this way. <laughs> you know? I mean, I... I was up in my car for kicking my ass, because I was not always this way. I was negative as shit. Through your whole... overthinking. Yeah. Man. Through your whole story, I, I always kept, kept thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. But damn, God must surely think a lot of you because he is throwing the world at your doorstep <laughs> because he thinks you could handle it, you know? So right. That's, that's crazy. Well, on that note, this is just the beginning of 2020. And I'm sure everybody who's listening in wants to continue to follow this journey that you're on um, and your success into the next upcoming year. So why don't you give us where we could follow you on all forms of social media? You can follow me on Twitter at Rufus LaFala. You would know with me because it will say broad as day. Miss what that Larry you do. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at straight ruthless one. Uh, it is S-T-R, the number eight. R-U-T-H-L-E-S-S, the number one. You can follow my fan page on Facebook, Ruthless Lala, because I can't add you on my personal page because I'm at 5,000. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Struggle's real. You got too many friends. Struggle's fucking real, man. Uh, If you want to catch me on Snapchat and see the most stupidest shit that I do when I'm on a road trip, uh, (laughs) add me at Lalaism. But I promise you, if you're a creep or a jerk, I will block you ASAP. Respectfully. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss What That Lariat Do, Lala Two Belts, the Queen of Chops, (laughs) the Queen Super Saiyan God. Thank you for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Thank you for having me. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, Mark, let's start with Raw real quick. The new camera angle, it's now the hard camera is now facing the stage. Um, I'm digging it. New 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 vibe to the show. You don't see the empty seats, which I never got 
why would they have empty seats there? Well, that's what AEW did, so. Of course. What a, what a mark. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I, I think it's wise to take something that's that's working. I so mean, they AEW, did that because AEW did it. Of course. They saw AEW did it. Okay. Of course, they did it right away. Instead, like, of, they, instead of people coming to the ring to cut a promo, they just come to the stage. Which, now they're on a stage. They're actors delivering a monologue on a stage. Now it makes more sense. No, it does. I think what Randy Orton did, especially his promo, was just incredible. Yeah, it was great. And how he cut it, yeah. So I'm, a, I'm, especially I'm, solid camera angle as well. I'm digging it. Anything for Raw? I can take down no, the role shows. I well, AEW, I, I absolutely was loving their show this past week. I, I wasn't even really paying attention much to NXT because I just felt like AEW like, was really bringing it. Like, I didn't even, like, it didn't even dawn on me, like, there was no crowd there. That's how they, good they were working. Cody Rose on commentary was a whole other element I've never heard before. It was very insightful, things that you've never really heard in commentary from anyone else. And the whole Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho promo at the end was just a thing of beauty. Did you watch it? No. So he's back in the broken character? He's Fully back into Broken Character, and man, what a difference right off the bat from like how WWE tried to make it uh, the Woken character and him going back to his real true roots as a Broken character. Well, the what and myth- you can just, just tell just like how much control Vince McMahon had yeah. in that in WWE, and just now you just see Matt Hardy doing his thing. What, what a perfect way to do it with the perfect person to do with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, he's probably the only one that could cut a promo on Vanguard. <laughs> oh, that's something I wanted to see. I, I flipped back and forth between NXT and AW. I caught the uh, Jake the Snake Roberts promo. Oh my lord, he's so fucking good. Okay, you you don't think so? I thought it was good. I thought, I, mean, I thought it was good. I was agreeing with you. I'm like, okay, yeah, it was great. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just I feel like it's just night and day from how AEW is working it and from how WWE is working it with the uh, the no or, um with no audience crowds. I watched a little bit of AEW. I didn't see any difference between how what they're doing and what WWE's doing. They they do have uh, this time around. They, they were cutting the backstage with like the fan, uh, the wrestlers chanting, and I feel like Chris Jericho might be the best fan in the world. The I way saw that. Was... <laughs> okay, <laughs> chanting for Jimmy Havoc. Were they, were they at the same it... arena as last week? I actually don't know. Was it I don't know about that one. Was it live? It was. It was live? It, I think it was pre-taped. Okay. It definitely was because Matt, Matt Hardy was teleporting. So, yeah, I had to be pre- pre-taped. Wait, I see you shaking your head. Teleporting? What? People have – the people that praise Undertaker and praise Bray Wyatt for what they did, they, they're going to shit on Matt Hardy for teleporting? No. Actually, I love no. Matt Hardy, so I'm not going to shit on him. I'm a big fan of Impact. And what we saw tonight on SmackDown when King Corbin knocked Elias off that – stage elevated stage clearly and I, I clearly could not do that live clearly you can't and i I, so. I think that was actually one of the cool things in smackdown that they've done different they're i think now they're they're trying to own up to the fact that they could do more things more like creative, this arena thing can allow them to be a little bit more creative and things yeah. they can do with different camera cuts and everything and they need to utilize more stuff like that like, yes it sucks there's no audience there but how do we how do we still make this cool how do we use this to our advantage? And I, it's, I know it's like, what, our second, third week of having an empty arena show? But I'm glad finally, at least, that SmackDown, uh, they did something different with that. 
But here's my gripe about these, these pre-taped shows, especially what I'm seeing with WWE. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of changes going on with the news for WrestleMania, you know, with Roman Reigns, Miz, uh, Asuka. Um, so a lot of people getting pulled out from the WrestleMania card itself. But then you watch SmackDown, and they're acting like those cards are not being changed yet, but yet we know. So it's, it's hard for me to actually fully invest in SmackDown. I actually turned it off at one point. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm out. Well, that's something, like, that's something you can't control. Happen. And for the last couple of weeks, I'm used to that because Impact's doing the same thing. Impact has been promoting lockdown. Mm-hmm. And during the match cards, they cover the names by saying lockdown has been canceled. Right. So it, that's the disadvantage of being pre-taped. Exactly. You don't, I, mean, no, I can't fault that for them. But then why even do I mean, it just goes back to why even do it. I mean, I guess... They have they to pre- pre- you know what? They're not pre-taping because they want to. Well, here's, here's the thing. Right, and I'll get into debate with you. So, you know, beforehand, I was saying, you know, maybe it's because they have to honor these TV contracts. But think about this. NFL, well, NFL's not going on right now, but NHL, NBA, MLB, soccer, they all have TV contracts, mm-hmm. but yet they are not doing anything. They, they wound up canceling their seasons or postponing their seasons. Yes. I, I just don't understand why WWE or AEW hasn't done the same. They don't have seasons. They don't have seasons, right. They have, nobody, but... they have nobody to report to. They're not a real sport, like you put it in the previous segment. They have, there's no union. There's no um, organization. But they have the same TV contract as the other sports. And they're fulfilling them. Are you saying that NHL, MLB, are you saying they're a breach of contract? No, because they're not canceling. They're not doing a show to void their contract. The federal government is saying we should not do stuff. No crowds larger than ten people in some states. No large, no crowds larger than fifty people in some states. Well, at one point, NBA was considering actually doing um, empty arena matches, playing games, matches. yeah, with empty arena. <laughs> but then he still got the, that's twelve teams. That's probably ten coaches, staff, doctors, trainers. Well, okay, that's still Funny, a lot of people, and that's still con- and that's still contact we, sports. We could talk about the matches here in wrestling. So you have a tag team match, you have commentary, you have a referee, and then you have the you have the film crew. You have a, you have a person doing the ring belt. I mean, you have the TV crew as well. That's definitely more than ten people. Yeah, but it's not a real sport. It's, it's a TV show. But TV's been shut down altogether too. Same as movies. Everything's shut down. So then, why is wrestling still going on then? That's the question I'm asking. I don't know. I'm not arguing. Because it doesn't go on, we don't have a show. So um, please go on as much as possible. <laughs> we it's, could it's, still the only, it's, it's the only we new stuff going on in TV. No, you're right. It's just I think honestly, it's endangering the health of wrestlers altogether, and even the crew I'm and t- their families. We'll see what happens. I mean, Florida's locked down, Orlando's locked down. So for two weeks anyway, I doubt it's going to stop at two weeks. Who knows how long this thing can go on? But you mentioned it earlier, Vince McMahon will find a way. So, yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's the right move, though. And it's not just Vince McMahon. I think Vince McMahon, he's he's always going to be the heel. So, of course, like you know, he's the face of this. But it's not just Vince McMahon. I mean, you have Tony Khan and AEW as well. I heard there were people wanting Broadway plays to do the shows and like stream it live. Again, there's no, no, there's no difference there. Then you're you're, you're talking about. They're talking about, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. And you're they, talking about quite a few people there. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? 
there's no there, there doesn't seem to be any really re- regulation on professional wrestling or if, if there is it varies state by state true so right now in florida they can get away with it both both of them aw and uh we but getting back to takedowns i got another takedown for impact i've been watching impact the last couple weeks they're showing these vignettes for emelina i'm sorry to dashwood <laughs> i was gonna say because there it's just like sexy pictures of her like she's walking the streets posing seductively she's fully clothed We've seen this before <laughs> she's wearing sexy stuff but she's fully clothed she's not in just in bikinis but it reminds it, it, the videos end with like a motivational quote but is it, isn't this just Emelina better dressed out of bikinis? Like what? What's going? Because she's been on Impact already, so they're not leading to her being debut. Her debut. I just don't understand what they're doing here. Very confusing. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Is it going to be a, a new character? No, Tennille Dashwood, the same one she was a couple, couple months ago on Impact. I just don't understand what's going on here. It reminds me very Emelina inspired. I'm like okay, well. I'll be real. I haven't followed Impact as much as you have. I'm a little behind as far as that goes. Uh, Emelina, I mean, not Emelina, Tino Dashwood, was she injured? Was she off TV for a bit? Are they just repackaging her? Not that I know. Are they just reminding people that she exists? That's what it seems like. They're just reminding her, oh, she's she's on the roster. Okay. Because sometimes they do that, you know, when people have been off for a bit. They just. Yeah, I get that. But the way they're doing it, very Emelina esque. I'll, I'll send you some clips and maybe you can get your opinion on it. But staying with Impact, real reminder, TNA returns to TV for the first time in years with an hour-long, one-night-only special on Access TV featuring all new matches, special appearances from TNA originals, premiering Tuesday, March 31st at 10 p.m. 7 Pacific, immediately following Impact at 8 p.m. So check your DVRs, make sure you want to record that. One of the big highlights is Big Papa Pump. Scott Steiner returns with a live microphone in hand, uncensored, unfiltered. (laughs) So he's going to debut his special segment, Scott Steiner Uncensored. Follow along with the conversation at social media using hashtag TNA on Access TV, AXSTV. I wonder if we get that Steiner math again. Right? <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Any uh, else you want to talk about on TV Takedown? No, I mean, I said my piece. So last couple weeks on Raw, at the arenas and SmackDown, they've been showing pay-per-view matches. Something you talked right. about last week, how long can they do pay-per-view matches for? Oh, clearly for a long time. Former WWE referee Jimmy Carderas spoke during a recent interview saying, and I quote, you know what I maybe would like to see? Since there, there's, there's no real Hall of Fame ceremony going to happen, maybe every week since this week it was announced that uh, Justin Thunder Liger will be going to the Hall of Fame, why not have a match or two from his career? Highlight the matches for the people going into the Hall of Fame. Oh, that'd be great. That's not that a bad idea. Yeah. Maybe one week show a Batista match, one week show an NWO match, show a Bella match. Leading up, that could last you two Survivor Series, maybe. Or till this lockdown ends, anyway. <laughs> I don't need to see a pay-per-view match. I've seen it. I don't need to see Charlotte Flair versus Asuka again. I wouldn't mind seeing a Justin Thunder Liger match I haven't seen ever. You've never seen his matches? Not, no. So, but this, is, this is a good idea. Something th- just tossing out there, it's a good idea. I, uh, I like it. No, yeah, I think that would be a classy touch to do. You know, I, I break up, uh, breaks up the same old thing that we've been seeing. Yeah. All right, so no, I mean... We have what Hall of Fame is not going to be till SummerSlam now, end of August. Yeah, they're saying so. If at all, if that happens, who knows how long it's going to last for? <laughs> but Mark, you want to get into our three count? Yeah, man, let's rock. It's time for the three count. 
All right, Mark, this is our go-home show to WrestleMania, if it's happening. So- it really doesn't feel like WrestleMania is here. No, of course not. <laughs> it does, we was talking about it last week. It doesn't feel like WrestleMania, but it still is WrestleMania, so let's make it feel as much like WrestleMania as we can. In the spirit of WrestleMania, let's go back to the before times. I count down our top three WrestleMania entrances of all time. Very, very hard to knock down and limit it to three. It was, especially it was it was hard for me to kind of like split it up because I could have gone with the same person all throughout. Yeah, uh, me too. I could easily pick top three Undertaker, top three Triple H, top three John Cena even. But, but you know, I was, I was really thinking about it. like even though like a lot of them had like really cool entrances and like high production value stuff, mm-hmm. I was really thinking like the ones that really stood out to me and some may not even be like all that glamorous or whatever. But there were cool moments, moments that stuck with me, because I'm all about those feel-good moments, you know, and uh, things that tell a story and the reasons why they did what they did. My list, I definitely narrowed down to that. All right, so number three. Number three, going with that. Listen, you know, we, we know her story as far as, like, you know, her career in WWE and her um, how she got her start. You know, when she her her first real WrestleMania moment actually was she was just an extra for Triple H for his entrance at WrestleMania 30. And she reenacted that at WrestleMania 34 against Asuka, which I thought was such a cool, cool thing to do because it just told a story about like, all right, I was an extra, but now I'm here. I'm on that level. And I'm talking about Charlotte Flair's entrance. Also, um, what was cool about that, it started off with her dad's actual music. No, it was great. It was one of the things I thought of right away as coming full circle moment. It was such a full circle moment for everything. New Orleans, WrestleMania, New Orleans, WrestleMania 30, she leads Triple H off his throne. And then four years later, she's being led off the throne of her own. With a couple of NXT superstars as well. Yeah, so a great full circle moment. She's just got such a phenomenal presence to her. And it was a really cool touch in how they did that entrance. So I have a tie for number three. Okay. So... Um, I don't want to take two spots here, so I'm just going to pick one randomly. Do it up. I was sitting right next to the ramp, WrestleMania 33, and one of the names I mentioned earlier, Triple H, you can, you can, I can mention all his entrances. He always tops himself. But for some reason, WrestleMania 33, when he was escorted with all those cop motorcycles, okay, and it comes, yeah, yeah. It comes down to the ring on that the three-wheel, the trike bike, I guess. I don't know what you call it. He looked badass. He had Steffi looking smoking hot behind him. And just seeing all the, it just in the way I watched it back today, and watching them circle the ring, I was in awe. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And uh, that's number three. No, Triple H definitely had some badass entrances, and I, I was torn. Like he's he's on my list right now as well. Uh, you know, I was going back and forth. You know, which one did I like the best here? It's hard. You know, it, it's so hard because yeah. even like his most simple one was WrestleMania 25 against Randy Orton. And when he had the sledgehammer. And glass mirror. Glass. I thought that was the coolest thing. It definitely fit the storyline. And that was a close number two for me. But, you know, I got to lean towards WrestleMania 30, man. Uh, talking again about my okay. third pick with Charlotte. You know, you, you have like. Going back to the these, full circle thing. Going back to the full circle. You know, you have Charlotte. You have Alexa Bliss. You have Becky Lynch there. Uh, you know, guiding you to the ring. And you're, you're, you're this king. Again, talking about looking the part, man. He looked the part. He looked so badass. Yeah. And you have the future of the women's division yeah. right there guiding you out. Unbeknownst, right? Look what those three women are now. It's amazing. It was a great, you know, so great entrance. It was such a powerful entrance, if anything. Yeah. 
uh, probably one of the most powerful ones that he had. You know, the, again, you know, WrestleMania 25 definitely stuck out. And then the one he did as a Terminator, I think that was WrestleMania 31. That was my tie for number three. I thought that was so cool. Such badass. But it was just so badass. And, and had so Arnold Schwarzenegger comment on your intro. It's Yeah. It, it, was, it was just badass. But again, you know, WrestleMania 30, just for like sentimental value, mm-hmm. just to see where those women are today. And, yeah, right. Uh, and then for what he said to them, you know, one day you're going to have this moment. It's going to be your moment. And look year. where they are. So my number two was going to be an honorable mention for me because you talk about Charlotte and Triple H going full circle, telling a great story. My number two told a great story as well until I watched it back again. I'm like, no, it's not going to be an honorable mention. It's going to be my number fucking two. WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels dressed in all white, ascending oh, from the heavens. I love that one. Undertaker previously came up from the ground with the flames as the dead mm-hmm. man, the reaper from hell. And then you have the, the religious Shawn Michaels coming from the, the heavens with the choir music. Him posing with his arms spread open wide. Great! Hey, what a story! What a story that told. Too. Great, like, great like, comedy. Great story. It was, yeah, it was the dark versus yeah. the light. Like this, and can't be an honorable mention because that was a great entrance for both of them, and it led to one of the greatest matches of WrestleMania history. Absolutely. And I don't know if you remember. But I think it was uh, the week before. It was, I think it was on Raw. Shawn Michaels came out in like similar gear. Yeah, too. I do remember that. And then he did his like whole sexy dance. Shawn Michaels was definitely iconic with his entrances. Uh, which does, one? I, which, uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off, one. Mark. I'm going to cut you off, Mark. Okay. Let's, okay. Let's, okay, reveal, okay. Let's, let's reveal some text messages we exchange to each other. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. Okay. What, what, what the topic is going to be? I'm like, let's let's do WrestleMania stuff. Let's do WrestleMania entrances. You didn't get back to me. I'm like, Mark. You know, the more I think about it, I got too many to count. Let's let's do this. I want to do WrestleMania three count. I I don't really say that. I want to do something. Yeah. No. You I don't. want to do this. You said to me. I don't know if I can think of any. Like, Mark, you got Undertaker. You got Triple H. John Cena. And then he told me, like, well, all right, I think I got one, but it's not on your list. I left them off my list for a reason. I know you're number one. Your number one is my number one, Mark. Please take the floor. The floor is yours. How can you not say it's Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 12? 12. Yep. That was, like, the coolest thing ever. It's never going to be done again for obvious reasons. I love what Vince McMahon says. He's got to be 100 feet in the air. Dude, that is more than 100 feet. <laughs> oh, man. I knew it was going to be number one, and I didn't want to make it my number one, but we're doing our personal favorites, and that's one of the most iconic entrances of all time. It's Absolutely. It's one of the first images you see during the Splash, then, now, forever video package. It's Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels right there, front and center. No wrestler ever did it again because he can't. He's the only one to get away with it. He swooped down in, landed in the crowd. It was just. I, I think that was also like my first memory of a of a WrestleMania huge entrance. I mean, of course, he has point, yeah, doing his stuff, but like that's like the biggest thing I remember. Like as far as like, holy shit, that's a fucking entrance. Yeah, that's Michael, the first thing I remember outside of WrestleMania nine because they had the people bringing guys in with togas and you had elephants. Yeah, it was just weird looking back on it. It wasn't you know, weird. I, I liked it. It was just it was thematic. There was no theme here. WrestleMania twelve in the Arrow Pond. Right, WrestleMania three kind of had a similar thing, like you know, people bringing people out in the the mini rings. That was only because the people couldn't walk. Right, and that was right. That was going to be on my list too, because the iconic image of Bobby Heenan and Andre coming down with people throwing garbage at them. Yeah, I mean that that's something you definitely think about with from WrestleMania three, but you know, Shawn Michaels. I mean that that's just was like whoa, you know, especially as a kid, young, very young at the time. That. It was like holy shit. Oh my god, it's just like if you weren't a Shawn Michaels fan before, you definitely are now. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I watched it back again today, so did I, actually, him, like, just to see if it still holds up. I'm like, does it, is it still as good as I remember? 
Absolutely. 100%, 100%. He does. And you have Jose Lothario coming out and like yet Jerry Lawler, oh, sh- he's not coming up. He's giving up. And then you have Jose pointing to the sky. I'm like, what? what's he pointing at? Oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels swooping down. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Join the click in the crowd. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. Easily number one. Boom. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because as we were talking before, I mean, especially with Triple H and, and John Cena, Undertaker, like a lot of production value going to those entrances. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels, the, what did he do? He just came down, his, not just, but as far as production value goes, came down to the zip line. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily cost a lot of money for that as uh, compared to these other entrances. That was a precursor to what we have going forward. Yeah, if anything, it definitely set the, uh, it set the tone yeah, it was great. for what we get today. Let us know your top three. If you agree with us, disagree with us. Did we forget somebody? Because I said it's Undertaker. John I am Cena. shocked, actually, you don't have the Undertaker on your list. I thought for sure you'd have Undertaker somewhere on that. There were so many of them, but then I watched them back. It's basically the same entrance. All pretty much the same, right? Yeah. Okay. Again, let us know yours. Inbox, ShadowWrestling.com. Dialed up 619-343-3005. Or hit us up on our social medias, Shadow Wrestling, across the board. Mark, any go-home thoughts for you, my friend? Go-home thoughts? Huh. No, honestly, I'm just looking to survive at this point. <laughs> yeah. You mean both. Uh, Mark, I was, so grim. <laughs> Mark, I was doing a lot of thinking this past week because um, not much else to do. We record the show on Fridays. We post it on Sunday nights. There's no point of us to record a show on Friday and post it Sunday after WrestleMania without talking about WrestleMania. True. And usually we take WrestleMania weekend off because we're there. So we can't do a show because we're away. So, but those two things combined, there won't be a show next week. We're going to take WrestleMania weekend off because there's, there's no point of us to talk about a show that hasn't done, been done yet. Because I'm going to avoid spoilers. I don't know about you. I'm avoiding spoilers altogether. So no show next week. So let's, this is our kind of WrestleMania go-home show. So let's talk about WrestleMania, Mark. So you don't know that Shane McMahon won the Universal Championship? You fucking son of a fucking bitch. How do I end this call? How do I end this fucking thing? <laughs> Stop. That, that's, I'm lying. And uh, the rumor was there's going to be a, a gimmick comedy match between Otis... Heavy Machinery and um, Daria, what's her name? Us, Manny, Sonny, Sonny Sonny Deville, Deville. yeah, against yeah. Manny Rose, Dolph Ziggler, and uh, Robert Roode. But comedy match won't work in front of a no crowd, so it's been changed to Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Okay, I mean, good build to this match. Yeah, what's the payoff though? That's the thing. I don't think there's a payoff for WrestleMania because no crowd, no point of it. Right. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Okay. Elijah. I think if anything, that match is just to make Alistair Black. You know, uh, to elevate his game, to make him more of a of a force. Oh, you know, yeah, he has, to, he has to win that one. Yeah, if he beats Bobby Lashley, I mean, that puts him on the map for sure. Elias versus King Corbin. I mean, they're telling a story. They're telling a story. I I don't necessarily know how much people are invested into it, but I thought that was a pretty cool spot what they did on SmackDown. So I have some interest now. So a lot of seems like these matches are thrown together. Okay, all right. Now we get the meat of it. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. That's been leading up for a while. Edge, Randy Orton, the last man standing match. If you're not looking forward to that one, then I don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> John Cena versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, in a Firefly Funhouse match. Mark, what's a Firefly Funhouse match? It's probably going to be along the lines of what we saw with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. No, that that sucked. Well, was that? No, yeah. That was a good. Oh, no, no. Was that with, it was, uh, I'm sorry. Was it Matt Hardy? Oh, Matt Hardy in the uh, the compound match, yeah. The compound match. No. Oh, wait, no. Didn't, didn't Randy Orton and, and Bray Wyatt do something as well? They fought in, in like uh, an empty horror match, like horror house match. Yeah. No, I am right. Yeah. So, no, right. yeah. I think it's more along the lines of that. The Firefly Funhouse has to take place in the Firefly Funhouse set, no? 
Yeah, so I'm saying it's, it's just a different setting, but it's probably a similar type of match. The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. Which, do do we know anything about a Boneyard match? Yes, we do, Mark. Thanks for asking. WWE has not revealed any details on it, but Styles revealed on his Mixer channel, I don't know what that is, it will take place in a graveyard setting. He indicated that they're not calling it a graveyard match or a buried alive match because of what's going on in the world. Right. Saying you, you can't call it a graveyard match because everything going on, you know, it would suck. But Boneyard is slang for graveyard. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know, like, okay. I mean, here's the thing. We're never going to see Undertaker versus AJ Styles probably again. This is probably going to be the one time we get to see them wrestle. We're not even really going to see them wrestle. We're going to just see them in fight. And we're going to see them in a fight. And this also means... And yeah, I guess, I guess that, that tells their story. But I, I really would have loved to see them Brawl really in a ring. wrestle. Yeah. Uh, John Morrison versus one of the Usos for the SmackDown Championships? Just scrap it. I think it's going to be scrapped. It's got to be scrapped. Like, there's no way. That makes no sense. The Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I'm pumped that Austin Theory is getting this opportunity. Uh, No way way he wins, though. I want to see how he does. Okay. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. Should be a great match. That should be a phenomenal match. That should be a match that probably steals the show. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. Again, another match that could be a show stealer uh, just on ba- both their ability alone. I think Rhea Ripley has to win that one, though. She has to. Charlotte Flair ain't winning the NXT Women's Championship. Right. Bailey versus Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, Tamina in a fatal five-way elimination match. <sighs> Does Bailey... Sasha win here? I think Bailey retains. You think Bailey retains? It's either going to be Bailey or Sasha. I, I don't necessarily think anyone else is remotely close. No. It's supposed to be Bailey versus Sasha. But there wasn't enough time to build a story, so they went with this. And that's the story going to SummerSlam. Got it. A rumored to be the main event for night one, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. I think it's a bold move they're making that the main event. Becky Lynch, main eventing two years in a row. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, maybe? For the it looks like that's most likely going to be the case. I mean, it makes the most sense. And probably your main event, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Do you give it to Drew McIntyre here with no audience, no moment, no special crowd here? Brock Lesnar retains. I think, and he push it to SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I think that's maybe it's not a clean finish. You know, maybe maybe, maybe something like that. Maybe maybe Drew McIntyre does win, but it's disqualification. Mm. You know, I, I think it's as much as I would love to see Drew McIntyre win. It, it's, for him to win in an empty arena, it takes away so much. And you just save that pop for when it happens. You know, give us a reason why we want to see Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar again. So, you know, if you if you have a clean finish from Brock Lesnar, we're not going to get that probably. But, you know, if yeah, you no, have... It can't be clean. If, you know, you see a Claymore, two Claymores, three Claymores in a row. Brock Lesnar's done. One, two. Paul Heyman comes in for the save. Mm-hmm. DQ. Now Drew McIntyre's pissed off, gets his, lays his hands on Paul Heyman. Brock Lesnar gets pissed off now. Like, you know, you end off the show with something like that, with with them just going at it in the empty arena. And then when Drew McIntyre wins, it's in front of a live crowd, and it's just that much more of a pop. Three weeks ago, Mark, I was still online looking for flights and hotels to Tampa Bay. How quickly the world changes, my friend. Can't imagine, man. So fast. So fast. So fast. It's not only day-to-day, it's hour by hour. Right. So that's WrestleMania in a nutshell. It's been pre-taped. We'll find out next weekend. Very under, it's a good card. Underwhelming because there's no crowd. Do you want to watch WrestleMania together via Skype? <laughs> I was going to ask you the same question. Okay, yes, do this. You, you want to do it? Let's do this. Maybe uh, make it a Zoom meeting. 
Maybe a Zoom meeting. I could order some wings somewhere. Yeah. Some uh, brujas. And Sounds good to me. Let's do this. We, we crush it. Yeah. Compare notes. Yeah. Uh, I'm down. I'm off for the seven days. I got time. <laughs> I have all the time in the world, unfortunately. <laughs> so that's our go-home thoughts. Any final words before we wrap up, Mark? Stay safe. Stay well. Wash your hands. And stay inside, man. Unless you really have to go out, like walk your dog or get groceries or whatever, or go pick up your medicine. There's really no need to go anywhere. Uh, the more you do this, the more likely this whole shit is going to keep on going on. So do what you can. Stay inside. Like I said, stay inside as much as you can. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And uh, hopefully this is over. My yeah. wife said, like, the first thing that she wants to do when this is done is get a massage. I'm like, really? That's really the first thing you'd, I, I'd want to stay away from that as much as possible. So you're not giving her any? Why don't you say, I'll give you one. I'm, I'm not really good at giving massages. I'm not surprised. You don't seem like the type. Like this whole social distancing thing is actually kind of like my dream come true. Like, you know, like I saw someone getting a little too close to me before I, I, said, so, I said a lot of social distancing and the guy backed off. The other day it was, um, it's a great excuse. <laughs> it was Wednesday. My doorbell rings. It was my landlord telling me my car had a flat tire. And pre- a couple days ago, I, when I was driving home, I heard that the bum, 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 But I didn't see any flat tires. Right. So I guess something happened. And uh, he filled it up with air for me to get me to the repair station to repair it. That's nice. Yeah, very nice. So I pull in, and it was just weird having human interaction with other people. <laughs> it's like, uh, who are you? I was talking talk to the guy who was fixing it, talking to the owner of the shop who was telling me what they were doing. There was another customer there who was kind of cute it was just weird being around other people then i realized i was kind of too close so i went outside because i got like let me let me go outside but it was weird having human interaction it's just weird now i'm watching the tv shows people shaking hands hugging each other i'm like that's weird that's so like the before times very, yeah very before times no when touching we, when we get through this what what the after time is gonna be like right i sure i surely want to hug and make out with somebody i've made out with somebody in a while oh that's not till marriage now yeah <laughs> Would you be surprised if that wound up being the case? Like nope, after all not that? at all. I watch, I watch <laughs> I Am Legend. That's the same thing going to happen. All right. Yeah, it's going to get to that point where we're all going to be zombies. Yeah. That's what I kind of think, actually. If they rush this vaccine, I think that's what's going to be, man. I think that's how, that's how the zombie apocalypse starts. I am not I'm prepared ready. for this. I am, I, I'm ready. I am not. I live on the first floor. They can easily break into my apartment. Uh, please, no. I'm like Ronda Rousey when it comes to that shit. Like, I, a lot of times I think about, like, apocalyptic situations and how I would survive. When I was first moved to where I live, no joke, I was like scouting stuff around. Like, all right, if we had a zombie apocalypse, like, would I be good? And I feel like I'm in a good, pretty good spot. <laughs> then or now? Now. From because, then and now. I'm because, in you're, because you have the confidence of escaping the escape room, axe throwing. You have shit under your belt. I don't have anything under my belt. I, I have shit under my belt, man. I can, bore, I, I can bore people to death hosting a podcast. <laughs> I feel pretty good about this. I don't. You can join my camp, buddy. Just uh, you know, find find my voice. <laughs> Scary times, my friend. Scary times. Stay safe, and thank God to either the president or the mayor or governor who made liquor stores essential businesses so they're staying open. Oh, thank God for that. Very smart decision. <laughs> <sighs> well, with that being said, my go home thought: JSS just survived somehow, and we'll get through it. My go-home thought is that I aspire to inspire. So I oh. hope this show gives you guys motivation to keep pressing ahead and stay stay motivated. Why are you stealing my my whole mission statement pretty much? I don't remember you ever saying that. That was my mission statement in high school. 
That's my yearbook, that yearbook quote. I show me proof. Okay, well, show me proof. I will. Matt. I will do that, but not now because <laughs> people are. It's way over time. So let's wrap things up. So four. The Hollywood Assassin, a.k.a. your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. And again, Ruthless Lala and Abel. I have been your host at Michael J. Putty until two weeks. No show next week, so two weeks from now, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>